0: learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare care related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well as more and more time goes by we're seeing more and more developments as to uh, why people are struggling with these various symptoms uh, of long COVID and uh, well, some of the ramifications of of this that still there's so many unknowns, but uh, there's a particular uh, story I wanna bring to your attention. And uh, a lot of people are having fatigue uh, in their muscles, uh, struggle with getting, and I see this with people I know who've had long COVID uh, who still have it. And um, it's a real struggle uh so i, I think we'll start here in this uh, fascinating story we'll we'll bring you up to speed on and uh welcome into america out loud pulse it is indeed malcolm out loud here along with my co-host
1: dr peter mccullough
0: so in addition to that we're on q a 98 today wow we're getting to be a milestone here and we've got a lot to cover a lot to talk about uh dr mccullough but uh all right. So let me just uh, set the tone for this and read from this. Uh, this was a very interesting piece in NPR, uh, the symptoms of exhaustion, or, or uh, it's a kind of a, a malaise, as it's called, or a hallmark of long COVID and similar complex illnesses like chronic fatigue syndrome. And uh, so and people, they think exercises, uh, you know, they're telling you get exercising, but it, like the pain from the exercise, some blame it on. But it's not really that, they say. It's, it's something that's happened to the muscles. Uh, it's um, it's a fascinating piece. There was something else in Nature Communications on this, gives a new weight to the assessment. What do you think about this story first?
1: The, the, this story explains something that patients have been describing for some time, Malcolm, is uh, they get COVID, like mm-hmm. pretty severe COVID. They recover and they have long COVID s- s- symptoms. But the thing they'll say is that, listen, I went out shopping and I came home and I had to sleep for two hours. Yeah, yeah, just completely wiped yeah, out. Yeah. This post-exertional fatigue or almost post-exertional malaise. I I went out and I did something, and then I I couldn't do anything more for hours. And what they've demonstrated, really scientifically, is that uh, there's a degree of of muscle uh, fatigue and exhaustion. It's almost certainly because the spike protein from the virus is in the muscle cells. It's clearly way worse after the vaccine. And uh, that's what's going on. So the the energy factory of the cells, the mitochondria, uh, they're not providing the juice. They got to provide the energetic juice and it's it's not happening. And so uh, this paper goes a long ways to explaining what we've seen clinically. The, the point is for our listeners is this is not in your head. Right. This is not in your head. Now, that we did, should exercise help with this? Sure. Should uh, various supplements uh, play a role? Uh, for sure. You know, wellness company has one called mito support. is specifically to try to, in theory, support the mitochondria, the little energy factories within cells. And so there are things that people can do. Uh, but the, the paper got a lot of press, I just think, because it took a clever approach. The, the disappointing thing is they don't you know, stain for the spike protein. The spike protein is probably what's messing up the cells in virtually every tissue.
0: Yeah, let me, they say here, um, the tissue samples from long COVID patients also reveal severe muscle damage, a disturbed immune response and a buildup of the microclots. And uh, this is a very real disease. Uh, Braden Charlton, uh, one of the study authors at the university in Amsterdam here in Netherlands. Uh, It's a very real disease. We see this at basically every parameter that we measure and they took, they were taking the biopsies from the long COVID patients before and after exercising and uh, they discovered that these abnormal abnormalities in muscle tissue may explain the severe reaction. You're right. So it's not just general exhaustion, which a lot of people are very perplexed with this actually. And I see a lot of emails, a lot of responses, in this very question of why they they have this long fatigue. In fact, they get really frustrated with it and they want to get by it. And I mean, you have to have a strong mind. You've got to push determination. And as you say, taking supplements and various things will help you along the way. But I think the study is a good thing. In fact, what you just said, it qualifies to people because people do sometimes wonder and question whether this is in their head or what these prolonged symptoms are all about. So I think this was significant, Dr. McCullough.
1: Yeah, it was. And it's muscle biopsy data, Uh, which is important. And, uh, you know, the additional um, analysis that you gave is important. Micro blood clots. Micro blood clots have been found after COVID infection. Uh, They've been found after the vaccine. Uh, They've been seen in the back of the eye in the retinal arteries and veins. Uh, They've, uh, you know, these micro blood clots are thought to be at the root of so many problems. The small fiber neuropathy, uh, in theory, micro blood clots could explain some of the cardiac positron emission tomography uh, findings that have been described in the heart. Uh, it, the micro blood clot part of it uh, is something that is always raising the issue of, should we be um, digesting the spike protein? Should we be using the natokinase of bromelin, and the curcumin to do that? And again, these observations would suggest, listen, in the absence of anything else, why not give it a shot if micro blood clots are playing a role?
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Uh, I think people need to listen up to that and uh, be um, uh, positive, uh, proactive, proactive, not reactive to these kinds of problems, actually. Um, this has been a weird flu season so far. A lot of people struggling with a lot of different things. This RSV has been wreaking havoc. I've been reading a lot of studies and stories on that. Some people have uh, pneumonia-like symptoms, that kind of thing. And a lot of weirdness out there. Are you seeing that or sensing anything to that end?
1: Definitely. My mom has uh, one of these syndromes now. My wife and I just got through it. There have been a series of respiratory infections that are, um, you know, giving patients severe symptoms. Uh, they're not all COVID or respiratory syncytial virus or influenza. They've yeah. been tested. There, there are, you know, nasty bugs going on, whether it's rhinovirus, uh, paramyxovirus, or, um, you know, other forms of, of, of uh, you know, viral organisms. My mom has it now, and and uh, it looks like a virus, but I'm really worried about her. She could get, you know, could she get pneumonia? So she's on antibiotics, and she called me today on the way to work, and she goes, I'm, I'm not getting better. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a virus. The antibiotics don't really have an effect. Mm-hmm. So um, she's been through COVID a couple times. I'm not worried about COVID. Right. It's got a little different profile than COVID does. So there we go. I mean, Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. And we're a lot of people, did, you're
0: right with what you say. They, I hear this from a lot of folks, actually. they COVID is like, <laughs> everybody thinks that immediately, but it, a lot of times it's not that at all. And it's a combination of these other things. Remind me a moment. I'm just trying to remember, and I know, but I, I don't recall. How old is your mom again?
1: My mom's 85.
0: 85. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. It's just thinking of that. Uh, I, my wife and I were just talking the other day um we lost my I my just passed my mom's birthday. that's why my mind was triggered on that when you were talking and uh, and I I you know time goes by so quick I had to tell you Peter and we were t- just talking about D and I were and the birthday just passed uh, in fact yesterday uh her birthday and we were talking and and she's been gone for and I, I just can't even believe this 20 years, 20 years I mm. mean where does where does 20 years go? you know where does it go? Do
1: you have any idea? <laughs> no, I tell you, that's a big spam. But look at the pandemic, where uh, we're now past four years. Yeah, you know, where that... did four years is a college degree?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, four years of the arc of of someone's life. I just uh, finished with a man. My last patient is a. He's a little bit younger than me, Malcolm. Yeah. In the last four years, he's had uh, two or three strokes. Wow. He's been hospitalized for COVID. He's paralyzed in his left arm right now. Uh, he's lost his job because he has an accountant, because he can't uh, function. I, I, I mean, he's younger than me. I mean, yeah. this is, four years is a lot to endure.
0: Yeah, I just, it reminds me with everything we're talking about right now is that and it's been on my mind lately. We we really all have to treat each day as a gift. I mean, it really is. I, you just look at life so differently with, with everything we've been through as a people and and collectively, and then with our own individual lives, we just have to appreciate the moments. And I, I kind of ask ourselves that all the time, are we really live into our full potential? You know, it's it always wears on me, that statement, are we living to our full potential? And maybe some question we need to all ask ourselves, I don't know, but, um, well, listen, I want to mention to you, uh, Dr. McCullough, you were living to your full potential at the heron up there uh, in DC, And um, give us a capsule uh, of that, a summary of that, if you will, uh, what your assessment of it was. And then I want to touch on this uh, Batwoman. That could be a whole new movie series, by the way, Batwoman, except this one was out of Wuhan. Uh, Give us a a recap first of uh, the hearing, if you will.
1: I was invited to uh, testify in Congress. And, and we were in the Rayburn building, uh, which is, you know, the main building for the U.S. House of Representatives. It's, it's uh, connected through tunnels underneath to the Capitol building. And uh, the chairwoman was Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, who I had met actually now uh, nearly four years ago when I went on Tucker Carlson. She was on right ahead of me. Was there, they were filming. So I had a chance to meet her. And she was just a brand new congresswoman. And uh, boy, has she matured. I mean, she was very oh, yeah. reasonable. Oh, she yeah. asked good questions. It was nothing wacky, um, uh, you know, really? just really good. So you were, you were uh,
0: impressed, you were impressed with her. I was impressed,
1: favorably impressed. Uh, 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 she was assisted by Warren Davidson mm-hmm. from Ohio and Andy Biggs from Arizona. Oh yeah. And then on the Senate side, Ron Johnson. Yeah. And uh, uh, we it was myself, uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, a pathologist uh, who had trained at the Mayo Clinic, and Dr. Kirk Milhone, who is a pediatric cardiologist, uh, MD, PhD. And we each had a standard format. We had uh, opening statements, and then we uh, we moved into question and answers. And they, they really had questions. We wanted to answer them. They had just had two seven-hour sessions with uh, Fauci in the same building. And um you know, what's been reported, we haven't seen the transcripts, but what's been reported is that Fauci was evasive, mm-hmm. he wasn't asked any difficult questions at all, just softball mm-hmm. type questions, uh, and uh, definitely no questions on the vaccine. And Taylor Green told me in a sidebar that, listen, uh, uh, Brad Wenstrup, who chairs the COVID Select Committee, mm-hmm. is just scared to death of the vaccines, like no one's going to touch the vaccines.
0: Wow. Wow. So Interesting. Uh, I was curious to get your input. I'm glad to hear it, actually, on Marjorie Taylor Greene. And by the way, let me tell folks, I had one of the most. uh, I've had a lot of great conversations with them, but I had a a really heartfelt, uh, marvelous conversation. I I love having those with folks like this. But with uh, Senator Ron Johnson um, last weekend, this weekend that's just passed here on Viewpoint this Sunday, we we just had a terrific talk and covered a whole lot. You know, he's one of the brightest and the best in D.C. I've always been supportive of of, um, of, of him and his oh, work.
1: I, you know. I'm glad you mentioned him, Malcolm, because he had called me when I was walking over to the um, Rayburn building. I was walking through D.C. and, um, you know, we were trying to discuss strategy before we get face to face and there's press around us and everything else. So it's, you know, it's always good to powwow. And I said, listen, I came on strong. I said, listen, I wanna, I wanna give Congress an action item that they, the Congress needs to have their oversight committees for the FDA meet and simply make a public call to have the vaccines taken off the market. You know, I was you know, t- typical, very direct. John- Johnson said, it's not gonna work. He goes, don't, don't bother trying. He goes, what I've learned over time, he goes, there's not enough awareness that the vaccines are dangerous yet even though we're three years into the vaccine campaign. And it was very interesting. He really was pretty strong on this point. Now, this is a, a personal conversation, but I'm revealing it here. And I found it interesting. It was, uh, as we were testifying, it broke that a Rasmussen survey was done. And Rasmussen is like Zogby. These are very uh, you know valid uh, population representative surveys. And the top line report from the Rasmussen survey is that we're at, Serious side effects and leading to large numbers of deaths. Fifty-three percent. That means they don't believe that. And so Senator Johnson's right. We actually need to to build more understanding before we're going to have enough impetus to get these vaccines out of our lives.
0: Uh, he's done incredible work. I have to. I know you work with him very closely as well. And uh, it's uh, he's one of the best voices up there. Really uh, brings the truth to the airwaves. I mean, he's you know the thing about somebody like that is. He speaks from his heart, and it's hard to do that as a politician in D.C. You, it's hard for them to stay real in the real world, is what I'm suggesting to you. But he he walks that line really, really well, I believe, in staying in the real world, being authentic and sincere, and still being a very patriotic uh, senator, uh, an American. He, you know, he's
1: patriotic, uh, and you know, unlike so many, yeah, he's a statesman.
0: Exactly,
1: he's a exactly. statesman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to tell you, somebody else I was impressed with, I'd never worked with him before, is Warren Davidson, yeah. Republican congressman out of Ohio, yeah. uh, former you know, military um, serviceman. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he said is listen, the military were forced to take these shots. Uh, they've come down with all kinds of problems. Uh, we don't have, I mean, yeah, yeah, the military is no longer required to take them, including. Um, including the, the uh, International Guard and the Reserves, they finally got it completely out. They're working to build back pay and uh, you know getting people's status reassured. His point is, listen, we don't have the healthcare assured. And, and it's important for people to understand that in the U.S. military, if there is a problem that develops directly related to their service, so let's say uh, you know they were over in um, Iraq and a bomb went off and there was an amputation. That's called service connected. Service connected problems are fully covered by the Veterans Administration. The problem with the vaccine is right now the status of whether or not that's service connected or not is very unclear. And so the the veterans are going everywhere. I'm, i and the servicemen are going everywhere. I'm seeing them in my office. You know care is very fragmented. And I mentioned this in my response to Davidson. I said, we need a plan for the next pilot or the next soldier who develops a blood clot after the vaccines. Who's responsible? Is it is it me, the military doctors, the the veterans administration? We're gonna have to get that sorted out. So he has proposed legislation to try to bring some clarity to the new medical problems that have been thrust on the military.
0: Yeah, that's great. That is great to hear. And that, that's a real world problem there. Uh, we've been covering it uh, here uh, on the network. But yeah, no, our military's been through a lot with that. You know, I, I assume you still see, and I want to ask you this uh, the numbers of folks who are lining up to take these vaccines. The last I know, it has truly, truly plummeted. And I still believe it's still down there, although you'll probably know the latest. And I just want to point out, there's a very interesting. Um, Peace. You know, it's it's real weird how the mainstream media and a lot of these media outlets they can't get over the fact that 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 people, Americans, that, that real people are onto them, onto this uh, this game that they play with vaccines. And as an example, The Atlantic had a a, a very um, pr- provoking piece here, uh, headlined this: uh, "America is having a senior moment on vaccines." <laughs> And it goes on to say, you know, many of the people most at risk of dying aren't getting COVID shots. I mean, these people, it's such lies. For years now, health experts have been warning that COVID era politics and the spread of anti-vaxxer lies have brought us to the brink of public health catastrophe. Do you see what I'm talking about? They're still pushing that narrative this very moment.
1: And Our our FDA commissioner, Robert uh, Califf, and uh, one of the division chiefs, uh, uh, Paul Offit, they just published a paper in JAMA. It says, COVID-19 vaccination, are we reaching a tipping point? And what he meant by this, are we reaching a tipping point of people resisting? And do we need to get a bigger stick? Yeah, yeah that's that's what it was. It's like, uh, it, you know, do we really need to beat Americans in, into this? And they cherry pick some data from one month, uh, bef- uh, uh, I think before the vaccines or afterwards. And Basically, saying, well, the unvaccinated are dying more than the, the vaccinated, which is completely incorrect. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it's not a randomized trial. The vaccines have never reduced uh, death in any prospective double blind randomized trial. It basically was off label promotion of the vaccines. Separately, Caleb in Twitter has said uh, uh, the vaccines reduce long COVID. Well, it's just the opposite. They make long COVID get worse. because Long COVID is due to the spike protein. When you put more spike protein in the body, yeah. people get sicker. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the 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 word I used during the testimony uh, in the House, I said, listen, the FDA and, and Robert Califf, Paul Offit, and these the the um, people at the FDA, they've gone rogue. They are essentially advertising for these products. They are now a biopharmaceutical advertising firm, they're not a regulatory firm. They're not showing any interest in protecting us on safety issues with these vaccines. They're advertising the vaccines. That's the reason why I think Congress, which has five panels that have some oversight of the FDA, although the oversight is not strong, I think that the chair of the panels of these committees and subcommittees, they ought to meet and get enough momentum to get a letter from congress asking for these vaccines to be pulled off the market make it very transparent now the fda technically reports right to the health and human services that's javier bashera and and hhs needs a lot of pressure but somebody's got to put pressure on these bodies to get the vaccines off the market Uh, there's somebody really good to follow is Mary Tally Bowden, oh, yes. who's an ENT Excellent. doctor out of Houston. Yeah. And her uh, pinned tweet every day, people should check in and see this on Twitter or X. I know you're not a, a big person on X, but, um, and what she's doing is she is keeping a a, um, a a running total of the following. This came out today, Malcolm. Right. We now have 84 candidates. 70 elected officials and one surgeon general, that is Joe DePaolo from Florida, representing 29 states, publicly stating the COVID vaccine should be pulled off the market. Yeah. Now that number is going to grow. You know we've got 416 people in Congress that have voted. I don't know what the total number is. Uh, obviously, we have in the Senate we have 104. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got a long ways to go, but we we have to get to the point where. Somebody other than you and me is calling for the vaccines to be removed from the market. Now, Joel Adapo made a big splash, Florida Surgeon General, we covered it on our platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I don't know if you saw, but he was just on Tucker Carlson and the Tucker Carlson clips are all over where Joel Adapo in a very uh, clear manner mm-hmm. indicates the vaccine should be removed from the market. Remember the original Pfizer Moderna are gone. The, the original Janssen is gone, never to return. And the original Novavax is gone. So we now are on uh, uh, third generation boosters from Pfizer, Moderna, second generation booster from Novavax. And these products were never tested in humans anyway. They should be removed from the market.
0: Right, uh, Joe Lodampo, he's going to end up in a uh, senior position uh, in, um he, he's just uh, really built a a strong reputation, I'll put it that way. He's going to end up in a senior position in the, the nation's healthcare, I believe. He, I mean, more than what he is now. I'm saying, you know, uh, nationally, I, I I would predict that ahead for him. Uh, by the way, that uh, testimony, the U.S. congressional testimony uh, on the hearing that we just talked about a moment ago, is on the platform. It's on the network, and you can um, watch the whole thing with Dr. McCullough and uh, uh, back to Senator Ron Johnson, Monterey Taylor, Green, Congresswoman. Uh, the full uh, program. And uh, it's on the platform there now. And uh, in fact, if you go to shop at the very top, there's COVID resources. Click that and you'll get all kinds of great posts there that are treasured posts that you want to keep. And anyways, there's a lot there. Also there, there's a new post this week. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Dr. McCullough, but... Um, this is from Dr. Jim Thorpe and Maggie Thorpe, who are just tremendous. Just, just what a what a power couple these two are! I'll tell you, I've, I've been so impressed with them. Um, they throw their full weight into everything they do, every piece. But they have a brilliant piece on the platform that was very uh, striking, shocking, lot, heavy, deep uh, in research. Uh, titled U.S. Government coerced Leaders of Faith to Push COVID-19 Vaccines on Americans, and it is an eye-opening piece. Um, That also is under COVID Resources. You can read that if you go to AmericaOutloud.shop. click at the top, COVID Resources, you'll get all of those. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that post from the Thorps, uh, Dr. McCullough, but it was quite striking. (laughs) Actually, it was posted at the same time as... uh, Yours on the uh, congressional testimony, that uh, video and the article. There, yeah.
1: Yeah. well, just to give some background, yeah. uh, Jim Thorpe is a very senior uh, obstetrician-gynecologist who's a specialist in maternal-fetal medicine, uh, largely in the ultrasonic evaluation uh, of women, and his wife is an attorney. Yeah,
0: uh,
1: Maggie Thorpe, and yeah. uh, Maggie's very interesting. Uh, you, you know, when she was younger, she went all the way to the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, Championships in doubles tennis. She's a terrific uh, tennis player when she was younger. Went to law school. Has uh, worked on cases that have you know gone very very high up in our legal system. And they have gone after uh, the Biden HHS 2021 COVID Community Corps C O R P S. This was a program of vaccine slush money, uh, well over ten billion dollars. That just flowed to organizations, flowed to these physician organizations, to the media, to uh, black and Hispanic groups, and to religious leaders. Basically, is one of the largest government bribes to public citizens ever. And as money flowed with very little accountability, you know, these organizations started towing the line, pushing the vaccines. People have wondered how can every major church at the top push the vaccines. It's because they were bribed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, she point. She proves it in that piece. Uh, uh, b- both of them that uh, they, uh, Dr. Jim Thorpe and uh, Maggie Thorpe. Yeah, tremendous. She proves a case in point. There, there is so much evidence in that um, op-ed that is on the uh, network. Uh, you know, I think you would agree with me when you see a piece like that. And you know the author has thrown so much into it. You know, it's, in other words, it's not a quick, uh, a, a quick piece that somebody just puts together. But it's just saturated in research and depth of knowledge, and something you read and you can really understand what the problem is. And that's the kind of work they do, don't they? I mean, everything they do is is uh, solid. You know what I mean? Solid.
1: It's true, but it's also very high risk, Malcolm.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: These these are important. Uh, you, yeah. you know. When you call out when you call out the
0: bad people, yeah, I mean, what what do you think about that? Should they they should do it though, right? Or
1: they should do it? I should do it. I've I've called out Dr. Ralph Mm Barrick and all those in this constellation around the origins of the virus. Who created the virus? Mm -hmm. Washington, the COVID select committee is still not asking that
2: question.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, with all that said, I want to save as much time as we can uh, because we got some great questions and a lot in the heart today. I noticed a lot of questions uh, regarding around the heart. It's become so profound and so deeply concerning to people everywhere. Uh, So we're going to dive into a lot of that, I think, today as well. This is Q&A 98. Uh, Let me just mention you as we go to pause here, friends, that we've launched a whole new platform at AmericaOutloud.news, worked incredibly hard, Uh, kudos to our team that really worked hard throughout the holidays, uh, and um, to to make this all happen. We went live January 1, and we've gotten just rave reviews for the whole platform. It's been tremendous. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. There are more features coming online. There's, there'll be a new automatic uh, auto-driven uh, radio schedule coming up. There's some other features that will be happening in the uh, days ahead. So keep watching there. We'll, we'll introduce them as we have them. Uh, some other very cool things will be taking place, tying this uh, platform network all together with talk radio, podcast, video, uh, all the articles, op-eds. Uh, it's a tremendous source of uh, information and knowledge and uh i have to tell you dr mccullough when i i look sometimes and i step back at the network when i get that moment <laughs> uh and I, I truly am blown away myself when i see the uh the talent and the names and the the beautiful people who've adorned themselves and their talent uh to be on this mission for truth it is remarkable and it's never lost on me what a blessing it is to uh so to work with such incredible people um it's been the gift of this whole mission you know that Ronnie, you know
1: it's been a terrific ride you've done a wonderful job it's interesting how you came into this the platform came into being just a few years before the crisis struck yeah so you were well positioned to pick up I think a really a critical role in independent media reporting commentary analysis right in the time as censorship uh, basically swung into place
0: yeah absolutely thank you that's correct yeah i mean we're we're now coming up on eight years our eight-year anniversary for america out loud the network is in april we launched it april 1 actually 2016 only i could do that on april fool's day right what a joke right (laughs) and we literally launched it that day it was ironic i had no idea it was going to be grow to what it was. Uh it was just a call I guess, is all I can put. It was like a call a mission. I really wasn't sure, but it really um uh, yeah, it wasn't an agenda tied to it. It just took on a life of it. That's the best thing I can say. It took on a life of its own, and people seeked it out to want it to be part of something bigger, and it's incredible. Um, and so we applaud every it, it, this is again the treasure of life. Uh, you know that out there friends when you're working with people you truly admire and respect and people who passionately care who have uh, you know skin of the game, they have their their truth in the game, they want to do do well and do kindness by other people and that's our mission. you know at the top of AmericaOutLoud.News, we say many voices, one freedom United in the First Amendment I love, love, love love that uh, that mantra, if you will, right below americoroutloud.news. Of course, liberty and justice for all has always been our rallying call from day one. Uh, but you'll see some interesting perspective as well on all sides of the aisle, like this new author. Check this out, Seth David Radwell. Uh, you know, uh, Peter, you'll love him as well. Nonpartisan, nonpartisan. I like people who come into this that don't have a, an extreme or an ideological stripe. He's one of these cats like that. He, he's a new writer. We have some amazing new writers on the platform, by the way. January 6th was hardly the first rebellion against the U.S. government. What is really at stake? And he talks about it very, very well. Solid piece, very eloquent. He he, he draws the line there. Take a look at it and see what you think. Of course, the globalists, our educator Karen Schoen, all activity regulated by a consensus of unelected globalists, something we talk about here. And uh, Dr. Marilyn Singleton, love Dr. Marilyn Singleton. She, of course, is America's Loud Pulse here. Uh, she hosts the Monday show. And she has a, an interview up there, Dr. McCullough, with uh, Dr. Richard Emmerlin, of course, who you know well. Uh, do we really need to take so many pharmaceuticals? Well, that is a good question, isn't it, now? Huh. And uh, she puts you it know, out there. I,
1: I get that every day, Malcolm. People uh, want to yeah. take uh, fewer and fewer uh, drugs. Yeah, the issue is yes, they can take fewer drugs, but boy, we better see some improvements in diet and fitness and body weight. And and what a lot of people are doing is saying, well, I I want to take fewer drugs, but I'll take more over the counter supplements. So they end up taking a lot of over the counter supplements, trying to get the medicinal effect of a drug. So I see them kind of trading things off. You know, certainly a lot more on this. The interest in natural solutions is through the roof. people want natural solutions 100%. But they yeah. want natural solutions that have a medicinal effect. So we're back to medicines. So uh, you know a lot more on this I yeah uh, I, you know I'm interested in it. I'm open-minded. I'm working with more natural uh, uh, solutions but yeah. you know the over-the-counter supplements just don't have the power of the prescription drugs.
0: No, and, and we've got a real push here for that, obviously, uh, looking for healing radio and others uh, with the naturopathic approach to things is doing real good. By the way, there's a piece for Dr. Brian Artis. He's a powerhouse, I have to tell you. Um, H uh, HPV vaccines for teenagers cause infertility, obesity, brain tumors, cancer, and more. All kinds of things. It, it's a pretty loaded uh, conversation he's got there. And, and let me, and we're going to pause right here, but let me just tell you to check out Dr. Peter McCullough's, his, uh, the McCullough report this week that you'll see that right on the front page of the platform. Powerful program here. Havoc in the human body. Uh, the clumping of blood cells caused by SARS CoV 2 and COVID 19 vaccination. A powerful conversation there. Uh, and that kind of brings us to the second part of this broadcast with a lot of the questions we'll do there, but listening to the McCullough report for sure. Cause as you know, out there, that plays uh, Saturday, Sunday, 2 PM Eastern time, but we're talking on the podcast right now. It is on podcast networks worldwide and it's on the front page of americaoutloud.news of course, friends. So there you go. That's a whole lot there to talk about. And and by the way, uh, we'll get. To, I'll tell you a little bit more about the featured offer as well on the air. It's going to be the Ultimate Spike Detox, the natokinase, the bromelain, the turmeric extract. Uh, but we'll get into that more with some of the questions as we come through the second part. And those kits they have, those first aid kits, I know people have sent emails and loving those things. Uh, and I'll uh, bring, a, I think, a couple of those up, maybe if they we have time for that in the broadcast. We'll take a pause right here <laughs> and we'll join you just on the other side on America Out Loud Calls.
2: Wow, I just took my first supplement of Healthy Cell Heart and Vascular Health, a new offering. It comes in a bright new Red package—you can't miss it. Red for heart health. Uh, this is again the Healthy Cell Microgel technology. Uh, the serving size is one gel pack, which is zero point uh, eight five ounces or twenty five mLs. And what it contains is amazing. Uh, it has um, thirty two milligrams of niacin in the form of niacinamide, which is two hundred percent of the um daily requirement vitamin uh, b6 folate which is methylated folate vitamin b12 magnesium 100 milligrams of magnesium citrate i commonly recommend that for heart patients uh, uh, 100 milligrams of potassium citrate which is a small amount of additional dietary pot- uh, potassium one gram of soluble fiber which is amazing to pick up a gram of fiber just in the supplement, uh, beetroot powder, uh, um, ahi flower seed oil, aronia berry juice concentrate, coenzyme Q10, we recommend that for so many patients on statins, vitamin K2, grape seed extract, and reversatrol, which is uh, the active ingredient that's in Red wines, that's so beneficial for heart disease. It's all in the Healthy Cell Supplement. I'm so excited. I will be recommending this to my cardiovascular patients. It's quick to take, it's readily absorbed. You could take this one at any time through the day, but probably for my patients, I'll be recommending it in the morning. So go to HealthyCell.com and uh, take a look at it. If you go to America Out Loud Talk Radio, the uh, website platform for our show, Click on the banner bar for Healthy Cell, and that'll lock you right into getting a discount on your very first purchase of Healthy Cell Heart and Vascular Health Supplement.
0: Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off.
1: Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support
0: formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Okay, we are back. A Q&A 98. 98, Wow. This is indeed Malcolm Mount Loud here, along with my co-host, Dr. Peter McCullough, America Out out, Pulse. Always a beat ahead, we say, right? And for good reason. I've been doing a lot of good work here and uh, a lot of great broadcasts, for sure. Let's jump into some questions now without any delay, because there's a lot in here. So, Okay, first one, Dr. McCullough. Emily says... Could the spike detox destroy the mRNA, and could the spike protein test be a proxy that the mRNA has been destroyed?
1: Uh, The answer to the first question is no. We don't think the spike detox destroys the messenger RNA at all. In fact, I'm working with a scientist right now to try to find ways of having the body get rid of this modified synthetic messenger RNA that messenger RNA that won the Nobel Prize with Karako and Weissman. This messenger RNA, from all looks, appears to be permanent. And, you know, the people who have virtually no side effects or no side effects at all have had almost no antibody response. We think they got vials that had very little messenger RNA. Those who had devastating side effects, they, they, it looks like the vials were super loaded with the stuff. So um, the answer is no, we're still trying to find a way to, um, to get rid of it. Uh, you know, We're encouraging people to have the healthiest lifestyles possible, exercise. Uh, some have actually postulated, actually Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who I've had on my show, she thinks that maybe the messenger RNA, which does get in human exosomes, it actually may get out of the body by sweating. It's very interesting, her theory is go out there and sweat and get some of this stuff out of your body. I thought that was very, very interesting.
2: Interesting,
1: um, yeah. But we, we simply don't know.
2: Hmm.
1: Now, um, hmm. uh, the good news is that the, the spike detoxification does work against the spike protein. The spike protein is directly causing the problems, both after the infection and after the vaccine. We continue to see positive results. We hope there'll be large prospective randomized trials in the literature at some point in time. But we're building our base of experience uh, people who are you know, not responding after several months, we're increasing the dose of the spike detoxification. The highest dose I have right now is a uh, patient on, on um, 20,000 units of natto a day. Okay. And we start out actually at 4,000 Malcolms. The Chinese have published a study at 10,000. We know the safety level of natto is uh, at about 80,000. Wow, so wow. our doses are low right now, so we can go higher. so they can be
0: they can be uh, you can afford to ramp those up though Then, yeah. right It's safe, yeah, yeah well, you know you you it's just reminded me a statement you said just a few moments ago here when you said you're working with a scientist to try to zone in on their spike protein and you know the detox and all and it just reminds me that you you you, you are this is why people think uh, in ways and I see all the comments that come in here better than anyone, of course, but um, you never give up. You always go the extra mile, and that's why you are so loved. And people just see that. And it just goes with that statement you just made. You never give up. You never rest on your laurels. You're never complacent. You're always pushing for an answer, always trying to help that fellow man out. And so for that, uh, you are um, remarkable, uh, my friend, just totally, totally remarkable. So let me move on here uh, to this next one uh, from Kenny. Hello, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough, and a happy new year, and happy new year to you, Kenny. Uh, Dr. McCullough, I'm taking the base spike detox i have a concern regarding the natal kinase. as you know it contains soy which contains estrogen now in men soy has been proven to reduce testosterone levels and cause co- and can cause fertility uh, l- libido problems uh, uh is the natal dose of 2000 is this enough to cause problems because my friend who's also on the base bike detox has been having these issues just asking out of curiosity as me and my wife want another child. And if the soy and natokinase course is issue, I'll remove it from the detox. What do you say to Kenny? Well,
1: the natokinase does not have appreciable levels of, of soy. In fact, there are some natokinase you can find on you know, online stores that say it's soy free. Uh, the reality is there's probably a few you know molecules of, of soybean oil that's in there, but there's no soy product in there. So it's not going to drop testosterone levels or raise estrogen levels, maybe. So it doesn't have to worry about that. Um, the main thing is allergies. If there's a soy allergy, then one, you know, could fire up. So I've seen this The soy allergies usually are on the face or mouth and it's not serious, but we can, we can manage it. But, uh, No, he doesn't have to worry about fertility or hormonal issues. All
0: right. Perfect. There you go. There's your answer there, uh, Kenny. This one's from Kay. Do you have any knowledge about the deaths of Tyler Perry and Sinead O'Connor? 56-year-old death from natural causes, question mark. Also, do you know of liver issues related to the jab? Uh, Any thoughts there to that and the liver issues?
1: Uh, Matthew Perry uh, is on our sub stack. I didn't write it, but John Lee did. Uh, there finally was a report and it was, uh, in fact, a multi-drug uh, overdose situation. So um, that's Matthew, With Matthew Perry. Perry. And, you
0: know, hold on. Thank you for picking that up. This, this uh, writer, this uh, listener said Tyler Perry. And le- thanks for correcting that. Oh, Tyler Perry. No, no, yeah, no, I no, no. That. No, you were correct. No, no, no. That's what I said because that's what the writer said. Tyler Perry's in the message here, but no, that's incorrect. Tyler Perry is alive and well. It's funny how you picked up on the subliminal. You didn't even know. It is Matthew Perry. You're exactly right. Go ahead now. Yeah, so.
1: Now, Ah. Sinead O'Connor, there hasn't been any information released. And I I do want to remind everybody, even though we're zeroing in on the vaccines and deaths after the vaccine, many of you this week will see the testimony by Andrew Brigden in the UK Parliament. About excess death, I want people to know that young people still do die of of, of multi drug, uh, you know, overdoses, suicides, homicides, um, alcohol poisoning, and uh, you know, resp- especially the public figures. I mean, how many times five or ten years ago did you hear the the lead drummer of a rock band dies of a drug overdose? I mean, how many times have you heard that, Malcolm? Uh, and what's happened in recent years is there's been this change in reporting of death where anybody who dies now they say well they died of natural causes or they just died of unknown causes and there's just no mention of the drugs or alcohol or fentanyl. Um, and I think we have to keep our eyes open and be fair balanced and wait for things to to Amen. report in uh, yeah. before we you know try to you know come to some, conclusion yeah and what's happened and and many times when we don't know anything about the circumstances yeah. in the end we really don't know
0: yeah yeah it, and it, you, you you've you've admitted that throughout though you you've been right up front i'd be your biggest supporter with that you've never spoke on a turn about what you don't know you always admit uh that fact what you are just say i've heard you so many times over the over the years here say that by the way, you I don't know what's going on today, but you are um, you, you have some sort of um, clarity in your brain or mind, because what you just said, you picked up on the
1: next question from I got <laughs> this is no, this is true. Just what you picked up on. I'm on Gary. a roll, everybody. Well, just. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't
0: know. But you just picked up on Perry a moment ago. You corrected what you didn't even know, which was important. You did, because we don't want to put out news that Tyler Perry, that that would be very bad, because he is alive and well. I know that. (laughs) Um, But but let's see this next one from Alicia. You just talked about it. It's it's hysterical. In the U.K., we have Andrew uh, Bridgen, who you just spoke about, right? Fighting Mm -hmm. like a lion in Parliament right now for justice. He recently said that he was told by a government official that he will die of cancer soon because he is vaccinated. Those words frighten me. Dr. McCullough, are we all vaccinated going to die of cancer? Wow.
1: No, we're not all going to die of cancer. Uh, uh, In fact, I'll have an upcoming show uh, dedicated to that topic. We're working our way through it. There are concerns. Uh, But to get back to Brigden, you know, before he used to raise this and he's in the lower uh, house of parliament. That's the elected officials in the UK. Upper house is non-elective, non-elected, elective uh, but he's in the lower house. Before, when he'd raised this issue, he'd have hundreds of people just walk out on him. They would just walk out. You've probably seen these videos. I noticed today there's some clips showing him uh, go through his uh, analysis and everybody's in their seats. So mm-hmm. at least they're Interesting. listening Interesting. at this point in time, yeah. which is important. And we're going to have to get to that point in uh, you know, in the United States, where our senators and congressmen in a full session are going to sit and listen to this, a lot of people they can't psychologically handle it. Malcolm, no, they've no. taken these shots and they can't handle the type of bad news that's coming their way. Hey, well,
0: and I can see that. From in fact, we're going to dive right now into some pretty serious questions about what I said up front about the heart. And a lot of, so everybody brace yourself right now, but let's get this in the fast lane. Here we go here. This one's from Tony. I had an EKG and heart scan recently and it came back fine. No arrhythmia or cardiomyopathy Uh, with uh, with, with these PET scans showing abnormal hearts. Would my two tests be a sign my heart is okay, Dr. McCullough?
1: They are. I mean, you know, normal EKG, normal cardiac ultrasound, you kind of keep building up the normal portfolio. They are, and we're not ordering PET scans to evaluate vaccine injury or for myocarditis. The PET study that's been cited by Nakahara, pets were done for other reasons. They just happen to have the cardiac acquisition. So I would take good news, uh, you know, save your results. And I I think most of our concerns really ought to be symptom-driven. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. This one's from Doug. Uh, Dr. McCullough, in regards to the PET scans for cardiac metabolism, a couple of questions. Have you seen improvement in these scans? Does the spike detox improve heart health? Is this change permanent? Does this mean that a vaccinated person is a goner? Hmm.
1: We don't know. There are no serial uh, PET studies done right now. We know from the Nakahara study, they're abnormal out to six months. Uh, we have very good preclinical data that the uh, McCullough protocol-based spike detoxification should you know, assist in uh, catabolism or breakdown of the spike protein. We know the spike protein is in the human heart. Uh, we know kinase separately is very heart protective, that we actually have very good data, that it's, it's anti atherosclerotic It Lowers cholesterol levels a little bit, glucose levels, it lowers blood pressure. So, we have every reason to believe without large clinical trials that this detoxification program is favorable to the heart. And uh, for those who are very concerned about this, you, you know, if you were in Japan, you'd be taking these supplements anyway for general heart health. It's not such a stretch to just take these here in the United States.
0: Okay. All right. There you go, Doug. Uh, this one's from Ellis. Is a normal echocardiogram, heart scan, and electrocardiogram a sign that there is no cardiomyopathy and that the heart is healed in regards to the PET scans? Thank you, Malcolm, and Doctor McCullough. reading my question. What do you say to
1: Ellis? It, it, just like the last question, it's favorable to have a normal ECG and echogram, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't uh, correlate with what the PET is showing. The PET is showing. Um, abnormalities in glucose and fatty acid utilization, uh, but uh, you know I can tell you what the, you know, and I do a- ultrasound in my office on a daily basis. The echogram not showing fluid around the heart—that's a good thing because that would indicate pericarditis. The echocardiogram not showing decreases in chamber pumping, which would be severe myocarditis or scarring in the past—that's a good thing. So again, I'm encouraging everybody to take these good, normal results, keep them as confidence builders as you kind of navigate over the next few years.
0: All right. I told you there was a lot to this end. And uh, here's another one from Sai, Dr. McCullough, I had two shots. Is a normal stress test a proxy? I'm not going to have a cardiac arrest while exercising and are all vaccinated doomed.
1: Everyone's asking that question. Well, not everyone vaccinated are doomed. You know, even the calculated numbers uh, are one in 800. That means 800 people take a shot, 799 live, uh, one doesn't live. And most of those data come from these acute complications. So I think the farther we get from this, uh, the better off uh, we're going to be. Now, a stress test is an important test because it basically stresses the heart through uh, both increasing um, rate of exercise and actually the amount of work being done with exercise, what's called metabolic equivalence of work or METS. And if one can go 10 minutes on a standard medical treadmill, that's 10 metabolic equivalents of work. That equates to 30 mLs per kilogram per minute of oxygen consumption. That seems to be a critical threshold where people have tremendous longevity, no matter what's wrong with them. You can have blockages, but if you go 10 minutes on a, on a stress test, we say, listen, things look good. The other thing the stress test does, Malcolm, is it tells us whether or not there's any exercise-provoked arrhythmias. That is, you know, during exercise, are there, do we start to see extra beats of the heart? Uh, this is a reasonable test to do with athletes with myocarditis who are trying to return to sports after a period of treatment. And then the last thing exercise does is it gives us a window of blood pressure. I mentioned this to a patient today. During exercise on a stress test, the systolic or top number should go up. The bottom number, the diastolic pressure should go down. That's a normal response. And so let's say my blood pressure is top number 130 at baseline. You know, that could go up to 190 with exercise. That's normal. And let's say my bottom number is 80 that ought to drop to 60 or 50 with exercise. That's normal. But if the systolic and diastolic rise together, it's what I call the hot reactor pattern. That is somebody who has too much circulating adrenaline and we we end up modulating drugs if they have high blood pressure. I'll say something else. Somebody on a stress test, let's say a, a man who has the top blood pressure number shoot over 220, that's called a hypertensive response. That predicts heart attack, stroke, and need for blood pressure medicine in the future. So a medical grade stress test, Malcolm, gives a ton of information, and that's the reason why we order it.
0: Awesome, wow, wow. This one's from Mo. Dr. McCullough is an echocardiogram, a method of diagnosing the um, atrial uh, fibrillation. I get heart flutters every now and then, and have had two echocardiograms in the last year, and everything seemed fine. When I had the echoes, my heart felt, uh, beat felt normal. I only worry that the echo missed the abnormal rhythm.
1: Right, the echocardiogram is not a test for heart rhythm. It's a test to ultrasonically look at the heart. And it's frustrating to patients because if they have intermittent atrial fibrillation, every time they're in their doctor's office or there's some scrutiny, it seems like the heart behaves itself, Malcolm. It's like, uh, you know, carrying an umbrella and it won't rain. Uh, and then, you know, when you least expect it, it pops into atrial fibrillation. The way to catch atrial fibrillation nowadays, uh, you can do it with two over-the-counter devices. One is called a Cardia device with a K, Cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A. It's a little uh, device where you put your fingers from each hand on, an, on a, a small square and it records, it goes into the iPhone and you can send your doctor. It's very accurate in picking up atrial fibrillation. It gives them a medical grade EKG. So Cardia is, I think it's less than $100 now though. it's very useful to get. And the other device that's really proven is the Apple iWatch. So I tell patients, you know, instead of ordering these complicated heart monitors and going to doctor's offices, what have you, if you just go with these consumer products, Hmm. they can really help. They can at least tell you atrial fibrillation versus sinus rhythm. Uh, The nice thing about the two I mentioned is they actually give an EKG that you can look at. You can show it to your doctor.
0: Wow. That's interesting. I don't have one of those watches. I don't have watches anymore because the time is always on the phones now. And uh, but I know that they're, they're very popular. So uh, let me get this last one in here from Niam. Niam says, hello, gentlemen, again, like the look of the new site, uh, Dr. McCullough, I heard Steve Kirsch uh, recently talk about the death curve after taking the vaccine. It goes up and after six, 12 months, it goes down again. And after that time, the risk is minimal, depending on what batch you got. I took two and mid 21, both batches are medium risk. Am I in the clear? Do you think?
1: We simply don't know. mean, part of my congressional testimony was to just say, listen, these are genetic products. If the listener took Pfizer, Moderna, or Janssen, the genetic products. If you look in the FDA regulations, the FDA says genetic products, we've got a five-year safety window. We've got five years of regulatory concern. So I'm not going to really declare anybody out of the woods until we're at five years. Now, listen, Malcolm, my, my mother-in-law... Took these. My wife's mother. She's nearly ninety. She took two shots early in twenty twenty one. I'm watching her carefully. Uh, you know, here we are, twenty twenty four. She's fine. She, she doesn't have any problems whatsoever. You know, I I don't have daily concerns over her. I, I think she had a relatively benign batch. The listener indicated that they you know had a relatively benign batch. So I don't want everyone to be uh, you know walking around thinking it's going to be doomsday, but just be vigilant put a five-year clock on the last shot and let's kind of get through the next few years.
0: Wow. That's it. That's it. Uh, I told you there was a lot of heart questions, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. They were. Yeah. A lot. People are really concerned. It's a, it's a very popular theme and there's a lot more that come in. We try to get to them more in the next, uh, Q and A's friends. This was 98 here. People are loving those, uh, uh, first aid kits. They sell at the, uh, wellness company. Cause you get the ivermectin, the HCQ and, uh, uh, Budesonite and Nebulizer all kinds of things in there take them on holidays, trips, everything else people love it, uh, to keep them at home so it's something to mention to you there use the code out loud, you'll get 25% off including the trio of products or any of those products there from the wellness company of course friends, that's it, that's a wrap here on America Out Loud Pulse always a beat hit.